Welcome to the MTB Tribe Podcast, your trail map for the world of mountain biking. And now, I'll introducing your host, Gareth Beckett. Howdy, mountain bikers. Thanks for being here, and welcome to episode 163 of the MTB Tribe Podcast. I'm here, as always, to help you find out more about mountain biking, how to get out in the trails, keep you stoked, and hopefully learn a little more about mountain biking and the people involved. So thanks so much for being here and for tuning in this week. Now just a quick shout out to everybody that's rating and reviewing us on Apple Podcasts or whatever platform you may listen to your podcasts on. Your ratings and reviews really help the podcast get seen easier and hopefully it will help get more people off the sofas and onto the saddle. So I just wanted to say a big thanks to everybody that's doing that and getting involved with the podcast. Now on to today's show. And I just want to ask you, have you ever came across a product that you've been waiting for for quite a long time? You've all of a sudden found this product that suits all your needs, ticks all your boxes, and you have a connection with it. You know straight away the product's going to work for you and that you'll be able to build a good loyalty behind that product. Well, it happened to me a couple of years ago when... My boss at the time in the bike store handed me a brochure for the California-owned shoe company called Ride Concepts. I'd been really looking for a new shoe, something different, something with protection, something that was waterproof, something that was warm. And it had to be a flat shoe because I'm a flat pedals kind of guy. And when I looked at the Ride Concepts brochure, I knew straight away that shoe was going to be the one. It looked great. They had all the technology there. They had all the protection in the heel, in the toe. They had technology to withstand impact on the sole, all this kind of stuff. The shoes looked cool as well, and they were well-priced. So I simply had to find out more about Ride Concepts, and I reached out to a gentleman by the name of Andy Steele. Now, Andy is the Director of International Sales and Marketing for the brand, and Andy was very, very keen to come on the show, on the podcast, have a chat and let us hear a little bit more about their brand, what they've been doing over the last couple of years, and how they have built the brand so quickly. Andy was also keen to get Rick Reed on the show with him. Now, Rick is the global brand manager for the company. And it was great to get both of them on at the same time and get their perspective on the brand, how it started, how they have built the brand to be so popular. Like, the brand is it's really everywhere. And to do that over two years is unbelievable. And I was even more stoked to find out that the guys at Meg Monkey in Belfast stock the brand. So I could actually put my hands on the shoes. I could feel them. I could find out more about them. I could try them on. And I, I wasn't disappointed. Now, since recording the podcast, the guys actually sent me a set of shoes to try. And um, I must say, they are amazing. They're comfortable. They're sturdy. They're strong. They're supportive. They're very, very sticky on the pedal. And you feel confident in them. You don't think you're going to hurt your toes or, or hurt your heel or anything by slapping it off stones or roots or low-cut tree trunks, anything like that. They are a very, very nice shoe. And I'm not just saying that because the guy sent me a pair to try. They, they really do work. They really are a great shoe. 
So stick with us and find out more about the brand and everything behind the brand, who made it happen and what they have planned for the near future. There's plenty more styles coming out. There's plenty more happening with the brand. It's very exciting and it was an absolute pleasure to get the guys on the show. So without further ado, let me introduce Andy Steele and Rick Reid to the MTB Tribe podcast. Guys, welcome to the MTB Tribe podcast. It's a pleasure to have you on the show. Andy and Rick from Ride Concepts. How are you doing, guys? Fantastic. Yeah. Awesome. Very, awesome. very good. Thanks for having us. Thanks so much. No, you're more than welcome. Um, I've been following your shoes for, well, since you really started, um, because at that time, Andy, as you know, I was working in Malta and... Um, the guy who owned the bike store I was working there came in with a Ride Concepts catalogue and I was like, happy days, because I'm kind of fed up with my five tens. <laughs> <laughs> he just gets right into it. He's <laughs> going for it. <laughs> uh, so it's great to get you on because I've seen your product in person. The local store here in Belfast, Meg Monkey, the guys sell them there and I've seen the product and really liked it. And the gentleman that owned the store back in Malta really liked your product as well. And Andy, I think you can remember speaking to Ed. I think you remember that conversation, huh? Yeah, I, I believe so. Rick and I were, we were both out at Eurobike at the time. Mm. And, um, yeah, had a conversation, uh, had a conversation together. So yeah, it was it, when you kind of popped up and said, hey, I'm Gareth, let's do a podcast. It, you know, it didn't take long to connect the dots. Yeah, very so, cool, very cool. But yeah, kind of uh, words traveling fast, though. Yeah, good. And Rick, you're in California at the minute, and you are you the sales manager out there? What's your kind of post with Red Concepts out there? No, I stay the hell away from that stuff. <laughs> guys, guys like Andy. <laughs> um, no, some you might use the title global brand manager. Um, so I kind of balance my time between both product and, uh, brand marketing and, and that entails, um, you know, basically, especially since us, since we're such a new brand, it's really steering the direction of this brand creatively, what our voice is, who we are, you know, make, making sure that we're all authentic to who we are, um, mm-hmm. really falls under, under what I do. So I, you know, I work as a creative director as, um, you know, the, the, guy coming up with the campaign ideas on all the product launches and um i do most of our communications our pr our uh you know the catalog the writing any of the copy and text you see communication even comes out of this company pretty much i'm responsible for mm-hmm. um and then on the product side just you know i've i've been around and in, in footwear and um outdoor and bike for a while so just a lot of uh time on helping us develop better product and and uh you know figure out those features and benefits that uh, all the mountain bikers out there want on some on some shoes and you know something different in the marketplace yeah so you do everything basically that's what it sounds like there <laughs> i think we're kind of all all kind of in that situation and you know andy's got a massive plate in front of him too so yeah it's a lot of uh earl gray tea in the mornings huh yeah yeah definitely mate cool well tell us a little bit about the background of Ride Concepts because you've only really been going since 2018 but I know the the kind of concept of the whole thing started before that can you tell us a little bit about the history of it yeah um I think we can probably maybe both 
tackle this, Andy, huh? Yeah, um, yeah, sure, sure. Um, do you want me? Shall I, shall I start off? Yeah, yeah, go for it. No worries. So, so yeah, I mean, ride concepts. I was actually working with Brandon, who is the founder and owner. Um, we were both working for a different company, sort of back in 2016, and uh, Brandon, Brandon has a young son called Noah who's a ripper on a mountain bike, uh, you know, puts puts most adults to shame. He's doing huge gaps. And, and this was when he was sort of uh, nine years old or something like that. And um, Brandon had tried a, a bunch of different shoes, kid shoes uh, with Noah to, you know, to, to obviously give him a better riding experience mm. in, his, in his racing and, and generally riding. And it was just coming up short and, you know just found it quite difficult to find shoes that weren't bruising his feet or, or were, were not um you know just found it tough to get him shoes that would give him a really good fit and brandon has a background in uh, in product design and footwear and just felt like you know he's a, he's a massive entrepreneur anyway and felt like he could do a, a better job so that that was really the, the kind of opportunity that he started looking into the um the industry and saw not only an opportunity to to do a better job with with a youth product, but also that there was a, a pretty decent sized gap in the market for a new player coming in with a, a, a different approach. And that's that's really where the the drive for the brand came from. Um, mm. And yeah, he he actually set up Ride Concepts and you know as a business that was established in July 2017. Um, and we, you know, it was a very, very small team. I mean, we're still kind of skeleton crew, I guess you could say. Like, like Rick said, you know, we all wear quite a lot of different hats to get the job done. But you know, it seems to be working. And uh, we we kind of launched in uh, in North America to start with in 2018, and that was um, kind of fall 2018. I think we went live at Interbike. Isn't that right, Rick? Yeah, twenty-eight, just over two years ago. Yeah, and that was that was a very condensed line um, to what you see on offer right now. We, we launched with what we called our session series um, at the time. That's that's how we classified it, mm-hmm. and that was that was three different shoes plus some coasters. So we had our our live wire, which was the shoe which kind of started the full range, the the Wildcat and the Hellion, and we have a, a male and a female version uh, of that, plus the same for youth as well, um, plus the coasters as well. I think we shipped our first shoes in December 2018, so that's that's really when we got going properly. Um, but yeah, by by June 2019, we uh, we had a lot of additional product in the pipe, and kind of Eurobike was the first time a lot of the European stores and um, you know distributors, retailers saw the new product. But we had we had the new line, which included the Power Line, the Skyline, Transition Traverse, TNT. Uh, they all launched in about June 2019. But as I say, most of Europe didn't really see that until yeah, kind of June July uh, 2019, which is um, yeah, it came around to the Eurobike last year. But it's been a been a crazy busy year um you know we had had some initial goals of uh of starting off with with just a few distributors here and there you know 10 distributors for year one and we ended up with 
with 37 distributors in 40 countries so wow we, we could tell we were doing something right um yeah. so it's yeah it's been a it's been a, a rapid rise and and some pretty bonkers growth and i know domestically as well i mean um you know rick as rick said he looks after it the global brand management i tend to focus more on uh, international distribution um and uh work very closely with rick on kind of international marketing what our international distributors want but we have a, another sales manager for the us as well and you know I, i'm pretty sure we're, we're at about 20 25 reps um within the us and in canada and i think I think we've got over 200 IBDs. You know, it's been it's been a real um, it's just been a real crazy ride. Every every single uh, distributor, that, like the big box guys that we call them in the US, so REI, MEC, Backcountry, Jensen, all of those guys that we really wanted to get on board that we were we were unsure whether we we would do that in year one. We got every single one of them, wow. uh, you know, and it's 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 been. Uh, it's been a, a very rewarding ride, I would mm. say, so far. Mm. Um, yeah. Like, why do you think that, why do you think the growth has been so, you know, so good that people have really wanted it? Do you think it, people have seen that gap in the market or people were wanting something different from your general 510s or North Waves or whatever? I think that, um, number one, the timing is good overall. We're seeing mountain biking growing across the globe. Um, you know, it's been building up over the past handful of years, you know, I think in a lot of ways, whether it's, you know, new flow trails opening up, more bike parks opening up, um, pump tracks and skill, skill areas and communities and, um, you know, more single track. I mean, it's kind of hitting all those spectrums. And then obviously with the pandemic, We've seen more people get outside. So just in, even in the past six to eight months, we've had a you know another big spike. But I think it's that combined with um, a stale market offering. You know that's going back to what Andy was saying about Brandon getting into this idea and launching this um, back in 2016 was that um, there was a lot of holes in the product offerings. There was a lot of um, you know really one of the big things that we come into this market with is offering um, specifically built footwear for both men, women, uh, and youth. So mm -hmm. it's, it's gender specific, you know, we're trying to come at it from a, a different technology aspect than other companies have. And I think that a lot of people just are starting to realize that not a whole lot had changed in footwear while, while the bikes are getting better you know, the uh, bikes are changing so rapidly and the rest of our gear and equipment is changing so quickly and improving. That means you're kind of demanding more out of your gear, right? So when we look at the market, there wasn't a lot of progress or a change. And, and even, you know, among the brands that were already in, in existence, let alone anyone else entering that, entering that market. So I think we came in at a good time. And people wanted something different. It was just um, we wanted to shake up what we thought was a pretty stale category and give it a fresh feel and bring some fresh technology and and thinking to to the market. And I think people have responded to that, you know. And it's cool because we're young. I mean, we're only going to get better. And we, mm -hmm. you know, we've only been doing this with Rod Concepts for a couple of years. And like Annie said, I mean, our first product hit the market December 
2017 so uh 2018 sorry so it's been less than two years since we've even had a live wire on a on a bike shop shelf so uh you know we're learning very quickly and and there's there's just so much more to come so it's it makes it exciting for us yeah wow it's crazy and i'm sure rick you as a brand manager you know one of your jobs is to get the word out there basically um and i know there's a lot more to it than just social media posts right so (laughs) (laughs) there is wait really um Uh you know uh so like with the growth of the company and the brand were you a bit scared of maybe not being able to match that demand were you able to supply okay we have been um we really did ramp up a lot of inventory right out of the gate and i think that the honestly the the biggest fear for me you know knowing footwear being in footwear for some years now is when you do that your risk is you know the other thing is like well it could be is are we going to be perceived well are people going to like it you know or we don't want to be sitting on a ton of inventory that's not selling right but then for me just coming from the development side too is you take a risk of like you know, you're brand new. It's the first time you're launching these models and maybe the first time you've worked with the specific factory. What if there's a, uh, an issue like a product quality issue, you know, and you have all this stock. So footwear is very complex. And I think a lot of people probably don't realize how many pieces go into a shoe, how many different components and you're sourcing them from all these different places and they all have to come together. And, you know, people sometimes don't realize the costs involved of making quality footwear versus making very cheap footwear. And it, and that's why you end up with, you know, pricing that starts at a hundred dollars in us and goes up because it's, it is very complex. So, yeah, I mean, the risks I think were more so of like, not, not in the sense for us, fortunately we were able to have the capital to build the inventory. But for me, you, you just kind of get a bit nervous. Like, well, what if something happens? I mean, what if you're, what if pirates capture your boat as it's crossing the ocean? You know, I mean, there's yeah. all kind. Of, you have to think of all these things, and and that's what's you know makes footwear. I guess I don't know if you want to use the word fun, but interesting. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so sure. we were fortunate to have a lot of inventory, but uh, yeah, I mean, and we're still doing pretty well, even though we've had a, a massive demand in 2020. Um, you know, you got to give it up to our demand planning team and and the whole crew to make sure that we're, you know, forecasting correctly. And, you know, people like Andy who are just selling the shit out of our stuff and, and, you know, being on everyone's case, like, Hey, we got to keep making the live wire. Like we need more live wire. So, uh, and you know, Andy could speak more to that, but, um, yeah, th- those are the kind of the things I think that we, we face as, as we grow and, uh, also try to, you know, have a great product. Mm-hmm. That, that being said though, Gareth, I think, yes. I think, one of the you know hats massive hats off to brandon as well because he's he's been such a visionary with this and you know he saw this opportunity and honestly like you could take any kick-ass brand out there right it could be they could make the best products whether it's bike shoes bikes tires whatever right the whether that product is going to make it and, and become you know, one of the, the the best sellers out there is is so dependent on the timing of that product arriving in the market. Mm-hmm. And whether I talk to consumers, retailers, media, uh, distributors, you know, everybody, I think it's 
everyone seems to agree that we've been so fortunate with our timing and you know some of some of what we've uh some of our goals you know it's been planned out and and uh you know we intended to launch at certain times because obviously we we knew what we were doing but um we have been really fortunate just the way that things have worked out um you know even going back to what rick was just saying about our demand planning um you know we've we've taken some risks and they've really paid off and you know as as a brand to launch when we did you know the, it was just the right timing and and that it can just be the difference. You could have the best brand and launch at the wrong time and just kind of fizzle out. But it's it's worked really, really well for us. And I think if if we were doing exactly the same process and, and going down exactly the same road now, as opposed to when we started two years ago, you know, it would be a much uh, it would be a very different experience and it would be much harder to to make the same impact but you know we're I, the great thing is we're so well established now as a brand you know we've we've come uh on the the uh the vital uh, reader survey we've we've come second in a row uh for the most likely pair for the or for the most likely brand to be purchased next um for the last two years and we're only two years old so wow so we're we're uh you know, we we know we're doing some things right, and we're, we're really encouraged by results like that, and 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 also what else we've we've got coming down the pipe, and the, you know the the range is massive now, and it's just getting bigger, um, so it's it's um yeah been very fortunate. Yeah, yeah, it's like that old saying, isn't it? You can have the best product in the world, but if you can't get it in front of people, you'll never sell it. Yeah. You know, so you guys obviously had a had a good plan going into this, and Brand had seen the the gap in the market and everything. But with your your history in the industry, it allowed you to get it to the right people at the right time, kind of thing, and that played a big part in you just becoming so successful so quickly. Yeah, a lot a lot of it, I think, internationally as well. Um, we've been really really careful about who we partner with. Um, so. when you're coming out with a new brand it was we wanted to we really wanted to only partner with a plus distributors from an international perspective um and some of those guys it took a bit of convincing you know like you're the new rock you've only got a few shoes in the line in your first pitch you know you're asking them to to take you on and it's it's everything in business is all calculated risks and you know no one wants to to take a punt on something that they're unsure about so there were definitely some um interesting conversations trying to get people to 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 pull the trigger on the brand but you know i i have to say we've we've got an amazing set of distributors and we're so pleased to be partnered with with all these guys and that they've all got you know fantastic brands that work really well alongside us so so that's internationally that's been a huge part of the puzzle if you like to towards mm. our road to success and and again you know working domestically over in the us and north america uh, again you know getting getting all the retailers in there that that we really wanted to work with has made a huge difference too yeah yeah for sure and like how do you approach them guys andy like do you offer them special terms do you offer them sealer return how do you get guys like that on board go out and get them drunk <laughs> feed them loads of beers and then take them to a strip club <laughs> yeah i mean the real business happens after the trade shows right i mean 
prior to a pandemic anyway, uh, when we went to trade shows. Um, that's always kind of, I think, the industry thing is like, yeah, you, you have your meetings and whatnot, but you, you know, you, when you just partner up with people and you have a good time and, and uh, you all realize you're all in it for the same things and you have the same goals, it, it sometimes isn't all that hard, you know? Um, and I think to speak to the back of the timing issue again, I mean, there was a, a big gap internationally as some of the uh, other companies out there had retracted in some big markets. And there was a hard time finding a good performance mountain bike footwear. And we just hit it at the right time. You know, I had some prior relationships from the past and was able to work those connections and Andy's well connected. And um, when we put it all together, it was uh, just like Andy said, you chase down the A plus guys and, and they wanted an A plus product. You know, they were tired of either not being able to find a good product for their customers or tired of, you know, um, other things in the market just not working out for them. And, and it was, everything all kind of came together at once. And, um, you know, that really propelled us to building that international business right off the bat, you know, the, right, right out of the gate when we first started delivering product, you know, it was, it was hitting the international markets uh, more so than even here in North America. Yeah. Wow. Wow. It's, yeah, it's, it's, it's definitely a business plan to follow if you guys ever are going to sell it. <laughs> yeah. Um, One of the other things as well is um, the, uh, the durability and the, the, the finish and build quality of our product. Cause you, you imagine, you know, when, when you're coming to market with, with any brand, right. Uh, the, the absolute worst case scenario is that you you invest all this money, you create all the molds, you do all the groundwork, you set up the relationships, and then you go to deliver your first product uh, or your first product uh, you know, to, to all your distributors and your retailers. And can you imagine the nightmare you're going to have if if 50% of that fails? Wow. Or you you know you get terrible reviews, and then you've got all this stock sat there. So there was a huge amount of of work done at the back end to make sure that that wasn't going to be the case. Um, you know, it would it would absolutely sink a brand if you had fifty percent return rate in the first in, after the first selling, you'd be done. Yeah, yeah it'd be, be the quickest, it'd be the quickest sort of brand rise and fall you'd ever seen. But Aye. you know, that's one of the the biggest things we've got going for us for us that that um, you know consumers found so refreshing was the build quality of our products the comfort the fit and this is all stuff that that rick and, and brandon especially worked tirelessly to 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 make sure was was second to none and you know the the reviews that we've had straight out the gate from from the day we launched really reflected that and that 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 confidence um in the product has really helped us build um build a really um strong brand identity uh and and you know and buyer confidence within the market um you know it's really helped us grow so quickly because if you have if you have a whole bunch of road bumps early on then you've got to convince customers that have tried your product that had a bad experience to to go back and spend even more money it's a hard thing to do but if they've bought the shoes they've loved them they'll buy another pair and mm -hmm. then they'll buy another pair and they'll tell their friends. And that's kind of really how it's worked. And we've, yep. 
our, our approach has always been really grassroots you know um we've 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 done a lot on on a shoestring budget really and uh you know i think um i think there's a lot to be said for uh for consumers and the industry really back in the underdog you know they, there's there's everybody likes the underdog story we're not the big corporate that uh, a lot of the brands are um and that's played in our favor too um, and because we're delivering on what we've said we're going to do and the reviews are, are, are fantastic and people are loving the product it's just you know it's been going really well and it's it's allowed us you know by not putting a, a step wrong it's allowed us to just accelerate that growth phenomenally. Yeah, it's interesting because I put um, I put a video of one of the young Irish riders here. He absolutely reps up, and he came off. He lost the front end and done like a three sixty on the ground. Absolute dust everywhere, bike everywhere. And when I said to him, "Are you all right? Did you get injured off that?" He, you know, the first thing he said to me, he said, "I kind of hurt my shoulder, but I was absolutely amazed." that the toes and heels are still in my shoes. And I said, right, I said, what shoes are you wearing? He says, ride concepts. <laughs> yeah, we paid him extra for that one. Yeah. Does yeah, that come out of your budget, Andy? <laughs> yeah, yeah, man. <laughs> <Online>. now. <laughs> so, you know, it just shows you that that's the first thing he mentioned to me, basically. You know, it hit his feet quite, or the feet had got caught in below the bike or something like that. And he was absolutely amazed that he kind of walked away with the tools still in his shoes. Yeah, I mean, I I did this myself the other day, and um, you know, on, on certain future development models, I before we put anything out to any other testers, I try to make myself the initial tester. And <laughs> uh, we have a we have a, a new shoe coming out in spring. It's my favorite shoe in the line, and um, I've been riding it relentlessly. And uh, at North Star here the other day, I I. Uh, it was actually on a really easy trail right off the bat, just smashed my foot on a rock that I didn't even see. And yeah, it, it hurt like hell. And at first I was like, man, did I rip my toenail off? You know, mm-hmm. but, um, you know, look down the shoe, I could see a little chunk out of just a small chunk out of the tip of the toe box. And I mean, we try to do, you know, real life product testing on our stuff. And, and then when I took my shoe off later in the day, you know, I'd kind of forgotten about it by then, but I was like, damn, you know, it, it worked. The toe box worked. It, I had you know, no damage in my feet at all, and, and they were fine after that. But uh, it just makes me think, like, all the time, um, you know, no matter what brand of shoe you buy for mountain biking, I always encourage people, just get a good shoe. I mean, don't be out there wearing a, a, a tennis shoe, a running shoe. I mean, you're going to rip your toes off. You're going to, you know, break bones. I mean, it's, it just scares me when I see people in, yeah. in something that's not a legit uh, mountain bike shoe. So, yeah, I mean, it, it's we we try to put real life testing into our stuff as much as we can, and you're not going to always find every every little thing or be able to solve every problem. But mm-hmm. uh, you know, we're we're ride our own company, and that's what we do. We, we ride the product, we make the product that we want to we want to ride, and hope that everybody else out there um, likes it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, let's just touch on that because I want to chat about the technology of the shoe rig. But let's just touch on something you mentioned earlier because I thought it was quite interesting. Because I wouldn't have thought this, and I'm sure the majority of people listening to this won't think along these lines either. When you said you had to go to different factories to get different parts of the shoe, so you simply just can't go to one factory and say, here's our design, here's what we want, here's the materials, make us that. It's not as easy as that, right? Well, you, I mean, it depends. Like, um, you know, it's it's common to produce certain 
certain types of product in one factory. And then when you need to, you know, make, take for example, a clipless shoe, um, or a very high end kind of shoe, you might use a different factory, um, because of the capabilities and, and intricacies that go into those. But, you know, we work with a good product, uh, we have a good product development team and, and our, the factories we use are, are really well connected. So it, it kind of comes down to like sourcing those materials and those, you know, ingredients as sometimes you might call them. Um, and if you have the right factories and, and right product team, you know, they can, they know how to source it. That all gets brought into the factory and then the factory is responsible for, um, for putting it all together. So yes and no. I mean, it just depends, you know, for example, we're using three pr proprietary rubber compounds and that's a very specific process in itself. We work with rubber kinetics to, to, uh, produce that. And, you know, they helped us engineer these, these compounds, but you have to find the right rubber facilities to produce it, then ship it to the factory, et cetera. So, you know, footwear is so complex because of that, you know, especially when you're in a technical footwear, um, market like us, it's, you're, you know, you're using very specific types of materials or rubber compounds. It's not just like, Hey, here's our design, make it, you know, it's, it's a lot more complex than that because you have to have the right type of lace, you know, the right type of eyelet, um, that's not going to break. It's going to be durable, still lightweight, still perform, you know, you gotta look at every piece of the product like that. Um, so we have so many intricacies because we, we want, you know, better materials to make a better product and we don't want to skimp on that. So it just sometimes can take, you know, in some ways can be a longer period of development to do those things. But being that we're a small company, we can move actually rather quickly and, and get things going sometimes bigger than, uh, faster than a lot of the bigger guys. Mm. Yeah. Because I think what you were saying earlier is important that people, aren't wearing tennis shoes up the trails or anything because the mountain bike shoes now they look like normal kind of skate shoes almost you know um i i know they're very different and and that's what i liked about your shoe when i initially looked at it it wasn't simply a skate sole with a normal upper your upper is a lot different than anything i've had in the past you know um so it's just not as easy as getting that sole that sticks to the pedal and then throwing a normal canvas upper on it or something like that um sure. can you take us through that a little bit just you know about your three-dimensional mold and stuff like that and how you just kind of got there and, and why you do that kind of thing yeah i mean when we look at our technology i break it down into three main points um and, and this is the three things that kind of lead all of the development of our product and that's fit and form number one um rubber and outsole number two and comfort and protection number three so you know like i said kind of more in the beginning of the conversation is we went into this with wanting to make product for men women and youth so mm -hmm. all gender specific fit and function and in that you know it starts number one with the last and then the last is a three-dimensional mold of a foot so what we do is we use a specific men's uh, last on our men's shoes. We have women's last for the women's shoes and youth for the youth shoes. For a lot of companies might just use a men's shoe and then just stretch the sizing or shrink the sizing. Mm. Um, we invest in those molds and that's very expensive to do that, but you do have a better fit. And I think that no matter what, a lot of the feedback that we get on our product is, is the fit. It's, it is much better than a lot of the competitors out there. So we take a lot of time to dial that in. 
And in doing so, that also results in the uh, the amount of flex you have in the shoe. So women's shoes are going to tend to generally flex a little bit differently than a men's. You know, a youth will be a bit softer yet. Um, so we take all those things into consideration, and it's you know that really results in a better product in the end. Um, I don't know if I'm getting off track or I almost kind of forget what your actual question was. <laughs> no, we're just talking about the technology of, of the shoe and what makes it different, I suppose, from anything oh, yeah. else out there. And um, it, it is like, you know, it's picking the, like I said before, the better materials make a better shoe. So like, obviously when you're mountain biking, you, you're going to be in all kinds of conditions, right? I mean, last time Andy and I rode together was it after Eurobike. Uh, unfortunately it was so long ago, it seems at this point, but you know, we were, Andy, we were on top of, uh, Lenzerheide in Switzerland and, it snowed a foot that night before. We get off the lift, and Andy's like, oh, let's just go down that backcountry trail out there. And Brandon and I are like, you're crazy, man. There's at least a foot of snow. No one's touched <laughs> it. We don't know where we're going. You virgin power, it. Virgin pow. <laughs> it, it, was, it was complete virgin pow. And this is in, in September, you know. So we, we went from, you know, wearing shorts a couple of days earlier to uh, being completely unprepared <laughs> for a foot of snow in our uh and the gear that we brought over from from the uk or the states right and and uh but we had product <laughs> yeah it was a great time to test products so like we're wearing the power line and this is this was um the power line that just hit the market right before that and but it it was like uh you know this is how you kind of test for what kind of materials you want to use in your shoe it's so like for the power line example we use a high quality microfiber upper it's a really light material, but it's very durable, it's breathable, and it's it's very weather resistant. And you don't tend to see a microfiber synthetic on many uh, bike shoes. So we try to look at materials that we think are going to be, you know, fit that comfort and protection category. Um, and then, you know, just like you said, Gareth, like you put your foot in it, and you're like, oh, this is different than I've than I've ever had before, because mm. you don't want to be out there and find yourself unexpectedly in a foot of snow, and you have a shoe that's just sucking on moisture and you know it's just ruining your day right so um yeah we try to we try to pick realistic applications uh for this stuff and and use materials that are going to hold up and that are going to try to make you just have a better day on the bike that's what it really comes down to it's like you know when people ask what shoe should i do for this or that and then i kind of direct it's like look you know here's the features and benefits and and i just try to pick like what what what's going to allow me to not think about my feet and you know just enjoy the enjoy the riding experience no matter what you're doing and i think if we can do that then we're we're doing our job yeah i think part of the tech as well that we use is is all based around rider expectation as well and we've all been riding bikes for a long time but we've really listened to our uh, listened to the feedback from you know thousands and thousands of people about uh you know what they like and what they don't like about the shoes they're riding and it's not necessarily important to understand what brands they're talking about but you know especially the things that irritate them about you know about what's what uh, things that could be improved on shoes you know whether it's the heel cup collapsing or delaminating soles or eyelets tearing out or whatever it might be and, and so we've we've listened to all that feedback and tried to produce you know, a range of products that, that use the best uh, materials that we can to offer um, 
the, the ultimate performance, reliability and, you know, a range of different uh, budgets for people um, to, to really kind of hit all those marks and not disappoint. Um, and so it's, it's just a, a, about trying to, you know, fit all that in. And Rick mentioned um, uh, Rubber Kinetics as well, who's, who's one of the, our partners um that we we work with very closely on our, our outsoles but we also have a great relationship with d3o as well and, and you know rick and the design team have done a great job at, at really utilizing that and i would say um you know other brands have now started doing exactly the same thing um which you know shows we we're definitely onto a winner with that yeah. uh, that idea and, and d3o andy that's impact technology right yeah yeah it's um it's D3O is a, a UK company that um, they 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 were actually on Dragon's Den years ago. Wow. Um, yeah, I, I remember watching the episode now, and they they wrapped this mobile phone or or something or something you know one of the Dragon's Rolex watches or whatever. Right? <laughs> they wrap it in this they wrap it in this foam and then drop a bowling ball on it or something like that. And it, you know whatever it is, they valuable item that they've put in there is is absolutely fine. And it's um, it's a pretty funky product, which I've, I've actually been to the D3O um, labs now, uh, which was a, a really interesting experience. And they it's I mean, they have lots of different variations on it. Um, and it, it's basically uh, actually Rick, Rick's pretty good at explaining it as well. But it's, it's but, uh, basically um, a material that where the molecules rearrange when it has an impact and. Um, it, it essentially absorbs all of the uh, the shock out of the impact. So it's used. I mean, it's used in military purposes within helmets. It's used for all sorts of gloves, workwear, industry. Um, but in terms of our application and action sports, it's very very well known now. And um, whether it's you know pads lids you name it but the reason that we wanted to use it was for the impact protection aspect of it so if you're taking a knock um on on the higher end shoes that we've got uh, we have uh, we have strategically placed d3o on the medial collar and around the inside of the foot for any crank strikes or impacts that you might have on there which hadn't been done in shoes before but equally for for every shoe we have in the line uh, we use D3O as uh, we have zonal D3O, which is positioned in the heel and the ball of the foot. And the heel is is definitely for you know impacts a lot of riders, especially dirt jump guys or people people doing big airs. That when they come off, they're um, if you land on your heel, if you've ever had a bruised heel before, it's one of the most painful things. Mm-hmm. And by having that located in our in in the heel of our shoe, it really helps reduce the opportunity for a serious injury if you do come off in that regard and um i you know the same obviously for the for the d3o that we have around the ball of the foot but that also kind of has two benefits because it's it's not just for impact but obviously that's where your pedal's going and when you're riding especially over over a load of rocks and chunder and if you're really traveling your your foot tenses up a lot and um the small chatter that you get is actually quite fatiguing for your foot and by placing the zonal d3o underneath there it takes a lot of the chatter out and and actually allows you to ride longer um and you know that's that's been a big benefit and it's actually 
with our coasters as well, uh, which is kind of getting off track a little bit. But we don't have D3O in our coasters. But one of the goals has been to reduce foot fatigue within the shoes, which is where the D3O comes in. But our coasters um, have a, uh, uh, what's it called? It's, it's a, a medial pad, which is um, in the ball of the foot. So they're kind of like your post-ride footwear so you get your shoes off because everyone's you know during a ride your feet swell up and and you know they get they get tired and after your ride you can take your socks off crack a beer put your coasters on they have this medial pad underneath the ball of the foot which which works to uh, separate all your toes uh, which promotes blood flow and foot recovery and it's so nice to after a ride just whip your socks off, put the, put the coasters on, let that blood go back in there and have a beer with your chums. <laughs> it's, it, it all works. We've got it top to bottom. The tech is there. You got this lifestyle dialed, man. I, where, what am I missing out on here? I, yeah, you, I, want, you want to work on international, Rick. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's one of the things I never thought about after a ride, getting my shoes off and spreading my toes. I never thought that would work. Hey, <laughs> try it. Honestly, it's been fantastic. When we were doing trade shows, quite often, the, you know, people will come and look at the shoes um, and, you know, pick them up and ask questions. And and initially, the, the coasters have been really overlooked because yeah. I, I, there's a flip-flop, whatever. You know, it's just got ride concepts on it. But I, I barely ever try and explain the, the benefits. I just, you know, if people have been on their feet, especially at a trade show, they've been on their feet all day. It's like, dude... Take your shoes off, put those on, and then they always. We should, you know, if we had stock to sell at a trade show, we'd make we'd make a blooming fortune because they all <laughs> every time they're like, oh, these are amazing. <laughs> you know, can I get some? So yeah. uh, you know, it def- definitely works for us. Poolside sliders. That's it. Class, man, class. Yeah, like there's a lot more goes into making a shoe, isn't there? You know, it's. It's crazy the amount of technology and all now in these things, you know, especially for something that's impact heavy like mountain biking. Um, you know, it, it's nice. And that's what I said initially about when I tried your shoes on, because I get fed up with wearing mountain bike shoes, specific shoes, flats. Um, but to me, I could have went, you know, they were 100 quid or whatever, 120 quid. But to me, I could have went and bought a DC shoe for 30 bucks and it felt exactly the same to me, you know, whereas yours felt very different and you explaining that right there, obviously that was something you just wanted to get right from the very start. That was key to the brand. Yeah, uh, absolutely. And, you know, I think that we've started to come a little more full, full circle now in, in 2020 with, with the product offering too, because, um, you know, when we launched a couple of years ago, like Andy said, it was live wire, the Hellion and the wildcat. And they were all, um, you know, a bit of a stiffer sold shoe, um, had the, you know, we had that protection story and all that, but we were kind of lacking in the line, something that had a bit more of that, um, casual aesthetic and feel but mm-hmm. was still a performance shoe and that brought us into 2020 with launching vice and we worked with kyle Strait uh closely and, and some of our other slope style and bmx or jump athletes to come up with something that was you know super low profile and still had that protection and in, in, in technology story that that we stand by and 
it was really cool to work on Vice because um, it's it, it's really I think why we all started this and why we're all in mountain biking and and, and doing this as a is our living as our career. You know, we we started riding bikes as kids or whatever, and and you get passionate about it and. And it's, it's your addiction, right? And you you get told in life, well, you know, you got to go get a real job. You got to do this and that. And, and we'll, you know, I think all of us to some degree that are involved in this company are, are like, you know, we're a little bit different and we want to do things our way and not be told what to do. And, and that's kind of where the story of Vice came about was when we, we had this shoe that was a bit of an all around, like, you know, it's, it's your bike shop shoe. It's hanging out with your friends. It's, you know, just reminds you of growing up, hanging out at the bike shop and, and just getting on your bike and, and riding all day and, and forgetting the rest of it. And I think that like that, that is our vice, right? That's our addiction and what we live for. It's our passion. And um, to be able to come out with a, a really cool product like Vice now and um, have that in our offering has just kind of shown that like, that's what we're true to. I think that we're, we're true to that lifestyle of hanging out at the bike shop, talking bikes and, and finding a way to have that be our career, whether that's an athlete, professional athlete, like Kyle Strait or someone or us, you know, having this company and, and, um, making bike product and doing this is our profession. Like it's, it's all one and the same. We're all doing it for the same reasons. And, and I think that, um, that was what encompassed us to, to come out with vice and, and the way that we talk about it. And I think that, um, yeah, I think people resonated with that, and you know, Vice is is one of our most popular models now, and it's only been out for for six months. Yeah, wow, and that's a shoe, Rick, that you can wear casually. You know, you can wear into work or whatever, and then if you want to hit the the bike park on the way home, you can do so. Exactly, and that's what we wanted was you know from the bike shop to the bike park or or whatever, just one one pair of shoe that doesn't stand out and say, oh, I'm a bike shoe. You know, it doesn't necessarily look like this super tech, uh, overbuilt kind of thing. It's more, you know, well, people, you know, just say it, you know, people want something, you know, vans is, I mean, you got to respect vans. They've been around since 66 and they're just getting bigger all the time. And it's, it's crazy. You know, it's such a massive following and and loyalty for that product. And, um, so we wanted something that was going to have an aesthetic that people like that kind of fits that vibe, but yet has, a lot of technology is still built in it. Like, you know, we still use a D3O insole in this. We have uh, TPU toe cap protection. Um, you got the gusseted tongue. You got a high suede leather upper. And then, of course, a whole new outsole that we did specifically for this, which was our, our RC Fusion outsole. that allows, it's a, you know, inverse hexagon pattern. allows the pins to just inject into that outsole. And it's super grippy. You have awesome pedal feel. You've got grip uh, no matter what the condition is. And I just find myself you know, surprisingly really that I can ride this shoe almost anywhere. Like, you know, it's, you can ride it on a downhill track. You can ride it on a trail. You can ride it at your local skills park and then go to the office in it. So, um, yeah, it's, it's versatile and it just, it's, it's why you know, it fits that vibe of, of what we do day, day to day or, you know, cracking mm-hmm. a beer with your friends while you, got your coaster sliders hanging there next to you Andy. <laughs> your toe spreaders on <laughs> exactly i think the, the look and feel of that shoe for us the, the vice i mean rick did an amazing job with that and you know and, and the launch as well just completely knocked it out of the park and uh you know the um it, it from a sales perspective that shoe's been a gold mine because 
it, it really it, if if you're already a fan of our product and you you're riding ride concept shoes anyway you're going to buy a set of vice um because you know you want to you're into mountain bike you're into bike um and it it, it gives you that casual look and feel of, of your everyday shoe whether it's skate shoe whatever you know the, the kind of uh that, that sort of look but you know if you're if you're going to work you don't need to be a serious biker to to enjoy that shoe you don't even need to be an enthusiast but anyone that rides a bike whether they're riding it to their grands or or you know they're they're riding it to the pub or whatever it is riding to work you know it's comfortable enough to wear all day as your everyday shoe but as soon as you get onto a bike and put your foot on a pedal it's got serious performance and it's it's a real wolf in sheep's clothing um is often um you know the way the way i describe that shoe and it 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 performs and you can do everything from rampage through to yeah going to pick up the groceries on that thing and it's you know it looks really good it's been been fantastic and as as rick said you know going back to the whole shop thing there's so many of the uh the the shop guys now and the you know guys in retail that that are just loving that shoe because they're they're riding to work they're wearing it in store and it's you know it's that comfort story that we keep hearing back man you guys have done so well with that so it's that that aspect of it's been been brilliant um and there's 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 more to come the vice story is not over yet either cool 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 we look forward to that for sure um like do you guys ride clipless or flats yourselves Personally, I, I'm a massive fan of flats. Um, so that's day in and day out. I'm on flat pedals. I have a ton of fun on flats. Um, you know, I kind of started mountain biking in clips, but uh, just, just coming from a, a moto background before that, I just wanted like, you know, my feet to be free and I've always kind of stayed that way. So, um, yeah, I, I'm a big proponent of, of flats. I think that works best for me, but, um, it's throughout the company. I think we got a mixture of everything. Mm. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm a flats guy myself. I, I. Did you come from BMX by any chance, Andy? Well, yeah. I mean, I think we all did as kids. Yeah. Uh, you know, I would say, uh, yeah, we weren't. I mean, we've got some amazing riders on the team. You know, obviously Paul Bazagoitia being being uh, right up right up there. But uh, we, I can't, I can't claim to ever being anywhere near Paul's level but um yeah definitely um gave it my best shot <laughs> yeah because I think that's one thing that attracted me to the brand to your brand initially because you had a lot of flat offerings in there I ride flats myself mm. and it's something I'd struggle to find from other brands most of them promote clipless was that something because who was designing the shoes ride flats how did you come up with more flats than the clipless kind of thing that is a good question. That's a great question. <laughs> <laughs> Why do we do that? <laughs> I don't know. Um, I, I think, uh, I think. I mean, Brandon, our, the the owner, he rides flats, and his son rides flats, and mm. that's that's kind of where this whole thing came from, right? But you know, we we've been so lucky with uh, you know with our athlete team as well, because everyone from the Athens through to Carl Strait and everyone in between, you know, we've, there's such a huge range of uh, preferences and skills and, and people that, 
help keep this brand authentic um that you know we've we've been able to come up with a, a pretty full range but i would say um you know kind of what you've touched on there there, there is or there has been a bit of a a uh, a, uh, a lopsided kind of stance on way more flat uh flat pedal shoes in the line um you know we, we've had the transition and the traverse in as our our clipless shoes um you know and the athletons have done a, a fantastic job at helping us promote those and getting podiums on those literally from within weeks of them being available on the market um and, and they're a fantastic shoe but we, we're definitely working on growing our clipless line uh, because there you know there are people we, we get asked a lot um for the majority of riders you know that don't live at the foot of a bike park um you know people do a lot of xc and they'll mix it up you know it's it's not off it's not always just one discipline and we are getting asked more and more for uh, for a, for a broader range of, of clipless shoes so we have we've got stuff in the pipe that we'll be announcing in due course that that will just really round out our entire offering um so yeah there's there's definitely movement in that direction yeah cool yeah, we're- we're totally going to be building out that clip line a lot more. Um, but to further kind of elaborate on this was a lot of it comes back to that durability story. When Brandon launched this, you know, he was really, um, really critiquing the durability of the existing flat pedal shoes on the market. And, and he's like, well, you know, we can build a better shoe. So the, the initial line came out much more uh, leaning heavily towards flat pedal offerings, just just to fill in what he thought what at the time were the market gaps in mm. good quality flat pedal shoes. So, you know, that first product launch almost two years ago was that series of the initial flats. And then uh, in, in mid 2019, we launched the transition and traverse clip shoes. Um, but yeah, we have some, uh, some really cool clip designs coming out in the future that'll lean more on the trail segment um, and, and start, you know, the goal is long-term to start building out that clip category a lot more to kind of more balance the line. Yeah. Yeah, no, it, well, it's nice to see a lot of flats. I must admit, it's refreshing to see them. So it, it's good for us flat boys. Uh, it's cool. Now, the team seems to play a big part in your brand, you know, from Kyle Street. You have Caroline Buchanan and all on there. Now, she's had some hell of a story in her life. Um, how did you go about getting those guys involved and getting them onto your brand because you're still such a young brand? That's a lot of that comes down to Paul. You know, Paul has those relationships from, you know, his entire super successful career. Mm. And, um, fortunately, you know, Paul lives here, right here in town. And, uh, it just all kind of came together a couple of years ago and he wanted to get involved and was, uh, super keen on building the best athlete program that, that, could ever happen. And, you know, he's done a tremendous job. I mean, we just keep adding people to the roster. You know, we got Andrea Lacundi recently and, um, massive amount of heavy hitters, just like you said, from Caroline to the Atherton's to Andre, and, uh, just keeps going. So, uh, yeah, it's, it's really a testament to Paul and, and his relationships and, and him willing to stick his neck out there and say, Hey, no, this, this, this product's legit and, and we're going to make a home for you guys and, and for the best athlete team out there. So it's, it's been cool because it's not like, you know, we don't have big budgets. We don't have money to go out and buy people, but these riders legitimately want to be a part of, of our, you know, to join our party and to, to run 
this product and, and they believe in the ride around aspect. So uh, it's just a you know great two way relationship, and, and we're incredibly grateful and proud to have such an amazing pro team. Yeah, yeah. And how big a part does that play in ride concepts? Was that something you just wanted to develop from the start? Absolutely. I think it was, um, like Andy said, we do so much grassroots marketing, you know. Yeah, I mean, we're we're on it with the digital stuff and, and we know what we need to do to build this brand. But so much of it really relies on that word of mouth marketing. Um, you know, the bike industry is still, you know, it's not a massive necessarily thing so it's it's mm. a lot of word of mouth it's a lot of you know influential people and it was super important from before we even launched the brand and product that we were going to have an incredible team to back this up because it's it's who we are it goes back to what why we're doing this and just like i s- explained with the vice you know that we're we're all making a career out of this and, and this is our livelihood and it's our passion so it's it makes total sense for us to always have an amazing athlete team that encompasses all the different disciplines that we have product for, whether that's slope style and dirt jump to downhill racing, to enduro, um, to trials, you know, guys like Ali Clarkson. Um, it's, it's a very wide array of athletes on the team. And, and that's what we look for is, is a diversity. It's, it's, you know, Caroline Buchanan, arguably the best woman's biker out there, BMX Olympics, you know, mm-hmm. to, to throw in, backflips and crazy tricks i mean she's incredible um we just have so many different athletes to, that fit the team in different ways so that i think is what's most exciting and, and you're going to see in the next two weeks uh the next addition to our team um it's not specifically one rider it's a whole segment of riders and it's going to be really fun so we're super stoked to announce that Wow, cool, cool. Uh, now, guys, I'm a bit aware of our time here. don't want to keep you too much longer. Um, you have touched briefly there on what you've got coming out in the the near future. Can you tell us a wee bit more what we can expect over 2021? Oh, there's questions. <laughs> what, what, can, what can we expect, Andy, in the UK? What can we expect to see? A lot more ride concepts. That's for sure. Um, you know, th- we we have we have we've we've kind of touched on um, a bunch of new products that we have in the pipe. Um, realistically, uh, what are we talking about? There's um, we've been working with some with some of our riders on specific uh, on specific products that they'll endorse, which is a really exciting new angle um, because a lot of our riders, you know, they've got huge social media followings just because of how badass they are. Um, you know, and whether they're competition guys or, or you know, big on social or, or whatever it is, they've got a lot of people that really rate what they do. Um, so working closely with those guys, like, like we have with Kyle, you know, um, he's got his signature um, vice as well um which has been the best seller hands down so um you know we, we're definitely exploring that so you'll see more more product in the line that, that sort of take a cue from uh from the success we've had there um as rick said he's he's been writing um some new prototypes for for a bunch of shoes that we've got out and his his new i quote favorite shoe which says a lot because he's ridden all of them he's got some serious miles in and everything so we know we're going to knock it out of the park there. Um, 
you know, in the UK specifically, I mean, obviously I'm from the UK, but I'm kind of representing all the international business. But, um, you know, our UK distributors are, are doing an insane job. Um, we work with Silverfish over here and they're absolutely brilliant. So we, we couldn't ask to, to have a better partner. Um, and, you know, I mean, if, uh, yeah, they're, well, they're, they're going to continue growing and and just getting the product in stores for for people to get their hands on. Um, there's going to be a lot happening around. Uh, uh, where are we? So, yeah, around around sort of late Q1 next year. Um, so keep your eyes peeled because there'll be a lot of product in the shelves that you haven't seen before. Yeah, cool, cool. And where can people best find out more about Red Concepts, guys? Um, and where can they purchase and stuff? Where's the easiest platform for them to go to to find out a bit more about you? I'm going to give you Eddie Steele's phone number. You ready? (laughs) (laughs) The hotline. I'll put it on the show notes. It's often busy. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, obviously, we'll we'll be be pushing stuff out there on on social and all our our channels. Um, You know, it it seemed like the whole world found out about the Vice. So we're going to be rinse and repeat on that one. Rick, Rick had a fantastic campaign there. You know, the whole, the whole team put a lot into that. So, um, you can, you can expect a lot of big launches coming out and all of our distribution team work really well with us on that. Uh, you know, everything from timing to post to getting out on their channels, you'll definitely hear about everything that's coming out, but for the, you know, to, to find out from the source, obviously ride concepts website, uh, we'll have, uh, we'll have all the information, you know, but, uh, our, our retailers are doing a fantastic job. They're all, they're also experts in our product and we're, we're doing a lot, um, as a brand to not just put new product out there, but to make sure that everyone involved in the pipe top to bottom from, uh you know from distributors to reps to retailers and give as much information to consumers as we can so they can make informed uh, decisions about the product because you know we're we're like everybody we're seeing a change in how people are buying and and the whole covid thing has has really uh i think accelerated the um the the way that people buy and really kind of shone a light on hey if you're not doing something online then you're probably going to miss out um and you know because there's more and more people looking at their phones you know whether that's a good thing or not i don't know we're trying to encourage people to get out on their bikes rather than look at their phones but um you know people are buying online so we've got to make the information available to to everybody to become an expert on our product themselves and uh you know, we're, we're working every day to to help uh, consumers find out all the information they need so they can choose the right shoe and make informed decisions and, and have a great experience of our products. Yeah, yeah, awesome. Well, guys, congratulations on such a nice product. You obviously have worked very, very hard to get it to where it is now. But, yeah, you have tapped into something. Is Brandon still involved with the Brandon stuff, yeah? We wheel him oh. in every now and again. <laughs> he's flying high and he's jet and stuff like that. Oh, he's, he's <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. No, like Brandon, Brandon is involved twenty four seven. Gonna say twenty four seven. Yeah, he's he's extremely hands on. Um, yeah, and he's a ama- He's an amazing friend and good guy to work with. And uh, you know, without him, we wouldn't have a brand. So he's he's been a, a fantastic visionary and. Uh, 
yeah you know long may that all continue we've got a lot more coming <laughs> class well guys listen thanks so much i appreciate you coming on and spending the time and uh filling us in with the story of ride concepts um so good luck in 2021 i, ha- I hope everything goes to plan for you and uh, i'm really looking forward to your new product now so so congratulations lads thanks, thanks very much Gareth. thanks for having us on super fun thank you you're more than welcome guys have a good morning rest of your morning rick and andy enjoy your evening <laughs> happy hour mate night guys cheers mate that's a wrap for episode 163 and I hope you enjoyed that guys I hope you got something from that if you're looking for a new pair of shoes I would certainly advise going and checking out Ride Concepts it was great to get the guys on the podcast have a chat about the company and what they've got planned for the near future and everything else that goes into making a shoe and there's a lot involved in making a shoe right You wouldn't think it really, but there's a tremendous amount of design, production, everything else that goes into making a shoe. And I'm sure you understand that a little bit better now as I do with chatting to the guys from Ride Concepts. So Andy and Rick, thanks so much for coming on the podcast. I really do appreciate you guys coming on and having a chat with me because I do enjoy the Ride Concept brand so much and I do really like what you guys are doing with the brand and the direction you're taking it and everything else. So good luck for the rest of 2020 and all the best with your new ranges and stuff for 2021 and I hope you get bigger, grow better and we see more of your footwear on the trails. If you want to find out a little bit more about Ride Concepts, just simply go to the show notes, mtb-tribe.com, search for episode 163, and you'll get quick and easy links to the Ride Concepts socials. You'll find out a little bit more about what we chat about and um, all good stuff on there, so go check that out. Now, if you're enjoying the podcast and want to show your support, the best way is by subscribing, rating, and reviewing us on Apple Podcasts. Every one of your ratings helps boost us on Apple's algorithms and helps spread the good word about the show to more people. If you're not on Apple, you can also find us and subscribe via Stitcher, Spotify, Podbean, or wherever you may listen to your podcasts from. We also have a website, mtb-tribe.com, where you can find the complete bike catalogue, listen and download every show. It's completely free, and you can also subscribe there and get one email per week with a quick and easy link to listen to the show. If you want to get in contact with the show, you can do that via social media. We are at MTB Tribe on Instagram and Facebook. You can just PM me there. Now, if you're old school and you want to get in contact via email, you will find me at info at mtb-tribe.com. I do read all emails, and I will get back to you. So thanks for being here once again, folks. Thanks for joining us this week on the MTB Tribe podcast. I will speak to you next week for another show. But until then, as always, get the bikes out, hit those trails, and stay MTB stoked.